Hey guys, I'm Caitlin Adams, and welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you'll hear sermons from Josh Lyle, Colin Grant, and other guest speakers. You can look in the show notes for small group questions and talking points. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Now, let's jump in. Hebrews 13.8. Learn it, live it, love it. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Same yesterday, today, and forever. We're going to talk about change tonight in our new series, Even If. And I think this is a, um, I don't know, maybe a common thing, uh, a common question asked in sports or maybe just in life where it's like, if you change your what if to even if. So like, what if this happens? And then we say, well, change it to even if this happens, right? Thinking of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting thrown into the fire. Our God is able to say, but even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to you. And so this statement, even if, is very much a power statement. It's a cultural shift that you get to make inwardly, and then it comes out outwardly as you decide to not just say this, but live this. Even if it hurts, or even if it sucks, or even, I keep saying sucks on the podcast, or even if it is hard, or even if into the thing here, we're still going to be here. We're still going to do this. We're still going to try our best or keep going or whatever. So we're going to talk about change, and I have a sad story to tell you. Everybody go, aw. Right, okay, okay. Not that sad, maybe sadder. Um, I was uh, in the first grade. How old are you when you're in the first grade? Seven? Six? I was the youngest in my grade, so probably five or six. And we lived in Union, South Carolina. Does anybody know where that is? Of course you don't. You got to, like, Google it, and then even it's like, I don't know. Uh, So we lived in Union, South Carolina, and uh, it is in the upstate. Uh, Think like Spartanburg or Charlotte, if you care or if you know. Uh, and the Union is known for, for two things, really. Uh, deer, 75% of the South Carolina state uh, population of deer is centraled in Union, South Carolina, so a whole bunch of hunters, and subsequently also known for redneckery. And so we have a lot of deer and a lot of rednecks in Union, South Carolina. So I lived there for a little bit, and we had a dog, and his name was Zach. He was a Cocker Spaniel, my best bud, had him since I was a little kid, Well, every, uh, I guess, summer, or I don't know, maybe it was in the winter, whenever we were off from school, so I've been in school for a year or two now, so uh, we're coming back from vacation, and I got sick in the car, uh, which I never do, uh, and my dad thought that that was a great time to tell me that my dog had been moved to a farm. Does everybody know what this means? Good old Zach had been put down. I did not know this, that that's what it means. I'm like, yeah, he moved to a farm. And we got home, and I was like, Dad, where's this farm? Can we go? And he's like, son, we can't go. We had to put Zach down. <laughs> we, had to, we had to kill him. And so Zach was a, was a young pup. He was, or he wasn't young, but he wasn't old. And I thought he was fine, but he kept getting these little, uh, like, ringworms or heartworms or whatever. And we were doing the medication. It wasn't working. And so as a six-year-old, um, I came home from vacation and was so excited to be greeting, greeted by my dog, or I was so excited to now meet him or go visit him on his new land that my dad said he was very happy at. Turns out. Zach is is dead. And so all that to say, can we go to the first slide? Just click that little bit. Change is hard, okay? So at at first, I was the, uh, I don't know, I had a dog, and and a dog had me, and we were buddies, and I still have pictures of him and I playing in our little pool in the backyard, um, and I don't know, then all of a sudden we weren't. 
And it took me a long time to realize that, like, although I'm still here, Zach isn't here. And it was Zach with an H, not with a K, because I feel like Zach's with K's are rude. And Zach with an H was very kind. He was a great dog. And so then um, what happened was, a few years later, we got a new dog. And this dog was really cool. Um, And then eventually that dog got old, but I was older at the time. So I kind of understood then. But when I was six years old, or maybe five, or maybe seven, who knows, I found out that change is really, really, really hard when something has not only just been shifted, but been taken away. I didn't have any say in this. It was my dog, or so I thought. I didn't pay for any of the bills, but it was my dog. No one asked me. No one was keeping me in the loop until afterwards. My dad was like, well, actually, we had to put him down. I was like, why would we do this? And he was like, well, he kept getting sick. Well, no one asked me. We could have taken him to the, I'm pretty sure I wanted to take him to some kind of doctor or vet as if they hadn't already. But change was like face-to-face. I once was this person who had this other entity, and now I was this person who only had a little brother, and ugh, right? So, like, I, for a while, I thought that my brother would then be the substitute for Zach, and it turns out people don't make good dogs, and so then I just had to live with a brother for a little bit. All that to say, change is hard. And the irony of change is this. It is the only constant that you'll ever experience. You are always changing. Things are always changing. So the only thing that stays the same is change. It's the only thing that's guaranteed in your life. It's the only thing that's guaranteed in my life. I will be different tomorrow. Yesterday I turned 30. I am now 30 in a day. I've changed. I think I have more gray. Thank you. I think I have more gray hair now. That, oh, okay. Um, I, things, things have changed even since yesterday. Things have changed even since Monday. Everything is changing. My views on things are changing. The world is changing at a rapid rate. We are seeing uh, different things come at us quicker than we've ever seen them before. And I, I don't think that we were meant to live with, like, access to all of the change, like, in our pockets. Like, we weren't meant to have all this, all this information at once. However, we are where we are, and we are when we are. And we have... The, I don't know, infinite and intimate knowledge of the change. We are very aware that things are shifting, and we're also very aware that there's very little we can do about it. I had nothing to say. I had no say in what happened to Zach. I had no say in what happened to any of our other pets. I had nothing to do with that. And now here's the crazy part, though. One of these days with our dog, River. How many of you guys know River? River's a cool dog. One of these days is coming like a freight train, and I'm going to have to be the dad who optimizes a moment where my kid's throwing up in the car and be like, hey, um, just to make matters worse, River had to go live on a farm somewhere. And so, so I know that these things are, are changing and, and they're coming, and it still doesn't make me any better at it. It doesn't make me any better at change. It doesn't make me, maybe I feel like I'm better prepared, but it's still change. And believe it or not, I don't actually like change. I really like things to stay the same. I want to wake up at the same time every day. I want to do my same routine every day. I want to read Every day at the same time, I want to listen to the I've been listening to Donda on repeat. I've just, I just want to listen to the same things. I'm, I'm, I don't change a lot because change is hard. Not a big fan of it. However, it is necessary. And even though it was different when I got home and Zach wasn't there, I think that in that moment I had to kind of grow up a little bit. So although change is hard, change is the only thing in your life that continually grows you. You learn to adapt, you learn to move, you learn to step in a different space. Like, oh, you learn to speak different things. You learn to wait a little bit longer or move a little bit quicker. So even though it's hard, it's the only thing that grows you. Now, just because we're used to change doesn't mean that we're good at it. 
Now, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I am not, how do I relate to that? How do I relate to him? Because I'm used to change. I'm not used to consistency. I'm not used to the constant. I'm not used to someone having the same opinion tomorrow as they did today. I'm not used to having the same conversations tomorrow as I did today. This isn't the Truman Show. That might be too old. I'm just now realizing that. The Truman Show, fantastic case study on the human psyche. Look, I think it's PG-13, so most of you guys can watch it. If not, wait till you're 13. Integrity matters. But the, the same thing doesn't happen to me every day. I, I'm having to understand that even though I'm used to it, I'm not good at it. So how do I, a constantly changing individual, relate to a never-changing God? How do I, someone who is fickle in my emotions, in my sayings, in my thinkings, relate to something that isn't like this? Better question, how does something that isn't like this or someone who isn't like this relate to me? How many of you guys have been around someone who can never decide where they want to go eat? If you are married, raise your hand because that person is your wife. Person is your wife. I'm like, Jordan, what would you like to eat? I don't care. Sure, what about this? Not that. <laughs> okay. So 30 minutes later, we're having an argument, and somebody just throws chicken nuggets in the oven, and then nobody's happy, right? There is, there is a lot of life lived in the margin of change. Now, I can expect a certain thing. I have experiences that give me preconceived notions. What that means is that I can go into a situation, and I can pretty much expect how I think it will turn out. However, I never know. We were talking the other night about Sunday Switch, and I said the issue with the future isn't that no one's ever been there. It's that no one's ever been there and then come back and told us how it was. Believe it or not, Back to the Future is fiction. Didn't happen. Wasn't real. I know. I Googled it. It wasn't real. We need a constant of sorts. I often wondered what people in boats were doing before someone figured out a compass. Someone was like, I want to go east. Where's that? Pick up wherever. There's, so, so, then we, so then we start tracking the stars. Then we start tracking the stars on my Boy Scouts then, or my Marine. And then, then we, st we find that the North Star doesn't move. We need a constant. We need something to anchor us, something to ground us. So we say, hey, that piece of light in the sky doesn't move. So wherever that is, let's go left or right of that. And then we figure out that the poles have a magnetic pull. So then you can get some metal, and it points to the North Pole, and so now you can go east, west, or south, or as Dan says, east, west, or the other way. And so <laughs> there's only three other options, and he forgot. So, so we need a constant in our lives. You need someone, you need something to keep you grounded. You need something to say, this is my line that I'm drawing in the sand. And although I'm not good at it, I am used to it. Flip it around. I might not be good at change, but I'm used to change. I can navigate this. I have a constant. I have a line. I have a, I have a, I don't know, a morality. I have an ideology. I have a, a God or whatever that is. Like, I know how far I'm going to go, and I know how far I'm not going to go. We need a constant in our lives. Some changes are great. Some changes are awfully horrible. But like I said at the beginning, all changes grow you. All changes shape you. All changes form you. You will not be the same person you are after this moment. You will have heard something you haven't heard before, seen something you haven't seen before. After tonight, you will be different. And week in and week out, we see it. Week in and week out, we see small students come into small groups and leave different. 
leave better. Week in and week out, we see people come to the house of the Lord and worship on Sundays and leave differently. We see people leave better. Some people leave worse. Some people find those people who are leaving worse, and they're a person who's leaving better, and they don't want to leave that person where they found them. So then we're constantly changing, right? You will not be the same after this moment. So some are easy. Some are tough. Some are awful. Some are really, really awesome. Like once I was single, and then I was engaged, and now I'm married, and it's awesome. A lot of change. A lot of things happen. And once I was a bachelor, and now I have three kids awfully awesome. It's crazy. It's crazy. Everything is shifting. Everything is changing. Every day I learn something new about my kids. Every day they learn something new that they want to tell me. And even though it might not be awesome or it might not be cool or it might be the greatest thing in the world, it is shaping me. And I have to have a constant so that I don't become formed into the changes. Rather, I can be transformed throughout the changes, and still have my constant at the end, but just be grown a little bit. I can grow a little bit. Now, here's a truth. I I still like the way that we shape out our talks. Um, Humanity constantly thinks that we are experiencing something for the first time. Everything that is new is brand new, and there isn't. Every, uh, look at the French Enlightenment period, look at anything in the book of Ecclesiastes, or anything written in the wisdom literature, or the penitent, anything, and it's like, we have discovered this new way, surely our way is correct, and it isn't. We already know how this moment is going to play out, however, there's been a lot of change since the last time this idea came around. There's been a lot of formation since this last idea came around. Maybe there is a different approach to this. Maybe there's a different method to this. However, humanity thinks we're constantly discovering the yet to be discovered. And while we are, we aren't. There's nothing new under the sun. You think you're having a different relational strife than someone else? Someone else has had that exact same relational strife. It's just you going through it now, not them. We have to have a constant. We have to know who to point to, who to talk to, who to lean into, who to listen to. We have to have some kind of constant. And this is hard for me because despite all of my changing and all of my moving and my molding and my forgetting and my remembering, Jesus is not that way. I think that Hebrews is an Old Testament book. I have argued this at length in scholarly areas, and everyone has told me that I'm wrong, and I refuse to believe it. But... (laughs) I think that Hebrews is an Old Testament book for one reason. It's intimate. The things that are written in the book of Hebrews, I think that only Moses would have known. I think that only a person who knew the Lord face to face would have known. I think it is only from having a constant with you. Who else knew God Emmanuel better than Moses? Jesus, or the the Lord says, There are other prophets that I give words to, but with my servant Moses, I meet with him face to face. It is not so with others. Moses has a constant, and so he writes this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I am not the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've established that, but what do I do with it? What do I do with the fact that everything is changing around me, that I have so little control about everything that's going to happen? As a matter of fact, I read an article today that in 4.5 billion years, so some of you might still be here at that point, there is the, the Andromeda galaxy and our galaxy, the Milky Way, will collide. Someone has drawn up a diagram about this. And, and the whole point of the article is that everything's going to change. We know. 
but that, but that these two galaxies colliding will shift everything. Yes. And that these two galaxies coming together will eventually make a new galaxy. Yes. All these things that we know, but we're trying to catch up with change as if, well, if we have it figured out, we can prevent it. We can stop it. We can preserve it. And what if Jesus doesn't want you to preserve your thoughts right now? What if Jesus doesn't want you to preserve your way right now? What if he is saying, if you can't find a constant, find me? Every year I read the Bible through in a year. Every year I read a different version. And every year the Bible says something new to me while still simultaneously saying the same thing. Despite different versions, despite different commentaries, despite different people saying different things about what the Bible says, the Bible has stayed the same. G.K. Chesterton says, I, instead of reading books about Jesus, I read Jesus. And instead of finding some mythical creature, some crazy character who did insane things, I found somebody who had a voice, who had power, who had authority, and who did not change his mind about people. Who did not waver when things got tough. He was constant. Well, here is where we can find the thing we need to keep our eyes on. Hebrews says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And despite our changing, despite me, God is not like me. I am like him in that I get to ascribe to who he is and what he does. I don't get to taste it fully. I don't get to be a part of it fully, but it's coming in glory. It's coming. Here's our application. Here's how we do this. Um, we keep this constant really by doing four things. I know I've had a lot of lists lately. I'm sorry. But we remember God's position. God's not mad at you. God loves you. He's proud of who you are today. He'll be even prouder of who you are tomorrow. I love this. Right? His position on me has not changed. His thoughts about me, his desires for me have not changed. My thoughts about me change all the time. My desires for me change all the time. His don't. Remember God's position. I can know God's voice. Oftentimes, the reason we do dumb things is because we listen to dumb people. Amen? Amen. The reason we don't know what to think is because we listen to people who don't know what to think. Or they don't know what they think. Right? Like this isn't super difficult, deep theological things right now. The reason we do the things we do is often because of who we surround ourselves with. So we can know God's voice, and that would be a constant for us. If I am finding myself saying to myself things that are negative to me, that's not what Jesus says about me. Well, if I could only be this, well, that's not what Jesus says. If I could only be better at this, well, he didn't say that, I did. If I could only be better looking, or, well, that's hard to do, but if I could only be better looking, or if I could only be in better shape, or if I could only do this or do that, and Jesus is like, if I wanted you that way, I would have made you this way. I'm, I, I'm not saying any. I can know God's voice. Number three, I can align with God's heart. Now, this one's a little bit tricky because in order to know the heart of God, you have to know the word of God because the heart of God is revealed in the word of God. We can tweak this. The heart of God is revealed in the word of God. So if you find yourself thinking to yourself, I don't know what God is wanting from me, read it. Read what he wants from you. Because when you look, instead of hearing things about Jesus or reading things about Jesus, if you listen to Jesus and read Jesus, you will know what he has for you. People have been doing this for thousands of years. I don't know what the Lord has for my life. Read what the Lord has for your life. There's a new thing every year that I find, but it's still saying the same thing. Quite a paradox. We can align with God's heart. And lastly, we can believe God's character. 
surely God is not as fickle as me. Surely God is not as conflicted as me. Surely God is not as confused as me. There are issues that I don't know where I stand on, and God has a stance on it, and he's very aware. There are things and relationships that I don't know how to feel about. God is not conflicted or confused on this. We can trust his character that he is who he says he is, that he'll do what he said he would do. Here's our, here's our landing, and then we'll go to small groups. I want you to have a lot of time tonight because we're going to do our covenants, and I'll tell you about that in a second. We can be assured in who God is and what he is doing because he is doing something. He is moving among his people. He is active among us. We are inviting him in here. Even if you didn't want him to come tonight, I did. And he's probably listening to me more than he's listening to you. Right? No. But even if you did not want to have an encounter tonight, I wanted you to have an encounter tonight. Even if you did not want something to shift in you tonight, I wanted something to shift tonight. I've been praying for this probably longer than some of you have. So I've got the ear, right? I've got his ear. I have to know that he's doing something. I don't want to miss it. Uh, Second thing, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God doesn't get better. My view just gets bigger. I had someone tell me one time, well, Jesus is better today than he was yesterday. And I said, that would be great if that's what the Bible says. But the truth is, Jesus isn't getting better. My view of him is getting bigger. The more closely I stay to him, the bigger and bigger and bigger he gets. Now, there is a book called Moby Dick. Have you guys read Moby Dick? Of course you have. Great book. Long book. Some of you might have. If Rachel Nightingale was here, she'd be like, I've read it three times. Uh, (laughs) This is what, uh, this this is is a, uh, a quote from the book. It's by Herman Melville. Um, I used it for my birthday yesterday because I really liked it. To ensure the greatest efficiency in the dark, the harpooners of this world must start to their feet from out of idleness and not from out of toil. What he's saying is being slothy is not really what's going to get you there, but it's better than being confused and conflicted before you start trying to do something. If you have a constant, a place to stand, you're going to have better aim. If you have a position and a posture that is humble and ready to be corrected and ready to lean into the, the heart of Jesus, and if you have that, you're probably going to have a better chance of hitting your mark. And then you're going to look back and be like, man, he didn't get better. I just saw more of him. If Jesus feels like he's getting better and better to you every day, it's because he's getting bigger and bigger for you every day. We love you. We know that even if hard times come, we're going to stick through. We're going to make it. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And that God is not changing his mind about you. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you have not changed your mind about us. We thank you that we um, are found at peace in you. And, Lord, if we are not, make it so. Lord, we pray um, that you would meet us where we are because we cannot meet you where you are. God, you're a good God, and you give good gifts. And everybody said, amen.